0: Hello everyone! Welcome to the second episode of the Unaccompanied Adult Podcast. My name is Melanie and I'm going to be hosting this shindig. So, let's get right into it. Well, happy Friday. Woo woo. We made it, whatever that means. (laughs) I enjoy the weekend's just as much as anybody else, but my weekends are different because I'm in the service industry. So Friday is like my Monday, almost. But if you're one of those people that sticks it out until Friday and then says, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it's here. Congratulations. You have made it through another work week. You're a bad bitch. (laughs) So yeah, I am beyond elated with, with what I received, the positivity, the support, the enthusiasm from that first episode. I was very nervous about putting it out there, which is why I made sure that I told people about this project and gave myself and, and told these people a date that it was happening because that involved making sure that I was holding myself accountable because um, if I didn't do the thing when I said the thing was going to be done as I'm very big on how I come off to other people and And I don't want to be the kind of person that doesn't finish a task or has a bunch of empty promises that I'm going to start something and then I don't. So I did go me. So I I, yeah I received I was I was not surprised I wouldn't use the word surprise I was filled with so much joy at the level of enthusiasm. People had to to support, to, to listen right away when it dropped. People reaching out to me that I didn't think were going to give it a shot. We're, we're going to, and not because of anything personal, but we all have very busy lives. And some people reached out to me that I didn't think that they would necessarily like take the time especially like, so quickly and then and then also took the time to to write messages to me saying that they enjoyed it I had people that said that they listened to it on their run especially for me being a person that goes running the, what I decide to listen to is um, imperative to the longevity of how you know cuz i i i enjoy jogging long distances I'm not really like a sprinter so what i decide to listen to is really important so for that person who did that, that that meant a lot and and yeah other kinds of feedback of of aspects that they people related to and essentially what i'm trying to say is that that first episode gave me the Feeling of what I hoped that it would, and what my intentions set forth, what my intentions were, were coming to fruition just from one episode, and that has given me a lot of hope and and really added added fuel to my motivation to, or I should say, added fuel to the idea that I am doing a good thing for myself and possibly for other people. So for those of you who tuned in last week, thank you um, so much. And welcome back. And maybe you are just tuning into this particular episode. If so, welcome. So I have had a great week. I should preface by saying not all episodes are going to be as uplifting or whatever or I'm coming into with such positivity and a vibrant energy, uh necessarily because maybe you know, one week it's just not my week and that's just how things go. But this this past week has been fucking awesome. <laughs> So uh, yes, I that first episode came out on Friday and that made me just really happy, feeling really fulfilled and everything. And then the following day I had the opportunity to or the opportunity presented itself to me and I met the general manager of the David Busters that is opening up here in Gainesville and I worked my little magic and sold myself in ways that I needed to and long story short came in on Monday had a interview and I got a job as a bartender there I'm going to be opening that that Dave and Buster's as a bartender which if you know me I have been well I used to bartend on South Beach And I absolutely loved it, and I've been serving for so long. It's been it's time for me to move up to that or move to that occupation, and unfortunately, that had there were some issues there where I had to leave, and I had to go back into serving because I had an apartment, I had bills, I needed, I had to pay for school. I was trying to, you know, adulting. And I had to go back into serving. And then when I moved to Gainesville, I was focused on school, but I was trying to use that the fact that I was a bartender and become a bartender here. I thought that that would have been a lot simpler considering I had experience and I know I'm qualified. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And I had come across bartenders here as I was exploring different, different bars and restaurants that were like... Oh yeah, this was just my first bartending job and maybe they I didn't find them to be, you know, the most efficient worker, you know. And, and that's kind of what I do. I will walk into a restaurant and and what I was doing was going into places and kind of feeling out what where the bar was set all over Gainesville for what the kind of, you know, what what people were producing out there considering it being a college town. So long story short, I just, I, I started working. I needed a job. It was said to me when I got hired that they promote in-house. It was pretty much just like, okay, well, let me start working. Let me prove to you that I have the stamina needed. I have the interpersonal skills needed. I have the understanding of the dynamics of uh, of how a restaurant runs. I am in all of these ways qualified. Things happen shifts in management. And I had to focus on school also, boom, quit a job. And then I I wasn't working for about a year because school was important. My studies were important. And I wanted to be as readily available to my art and the things I was creating um, as I could on top of other things. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, I need a job, I need a job. And then I started working at a job that I am still technically in now. That was the same kind of thing, like oh, we promote in house, but that was something that they weren't gonna do, and I didn't see a lot of hope for it. And this opportunity has presented itself, and I am back behind the bar, and I am so stoked! I'm so excited! I am other synonyms of the same thing. I'm trying to say, (laughs) um, and everybody there seems awesome, like they like management wise. So I'm really looking forward to that opportunity, and not just. You know, to have that happen a couple days after I went out of my comfort zone to do this podcast and being so weary of it and trying something new and not to say that these things are directly related, but it did feel like it was like a little gift from the universe that was like, like, Hey, Mel, you're doing the right thing. I, I, you know, you, you saw the opportunity and you took it and you're doing this thing and we, and the universe said and we'll grant you another one. Here is a little, here is a little prize for doing something in the path and in the realm of something that I want to do. That's just how it felt. And I just and it felt fucking awesome. It feels amazing. So I'm so excited about that. And the best thing, if there's anything that I can take from that. Is one thing I said in the last episode is trusting the process. And once you do trust the process and you trust your your own intuitions and your own gut, and saying, like you know, how I did with starting this podcast was like, I feel like this is something that I should do. I feel like this is something I should do. And then holding myself accountable to do it, starting it, putting out that first, you know, that first step, that first episode, and seeing the return in in blessings from putting in that work. And of course, universe works in mysterious ways. I could be romanticizing the idea that one affected the other or had some something to do with one of them. I've just seen in the past week, just with these simple things of me holding myself accountable and me taking the steps in the direction of the kind of field that I would like to be in is rewarding. It's rewarding to the soul it's rewarding sometimes monetarily and it's been great so as i'm sitting here still reflecting on on this feeling as i'm, I'm reflecting on it all i think back to again the past year i've had and the past years i've had and it's it's just like being in the being in those dark moments in that dark hole of hopelessness and insecurity and fear how it's important to try and remember when we didn't feel that way to recognize that it doesn't it doesn't always last that way and what i mean by that is we're continuously Ebbing and flowing and moving through what some would call a roller coaster of life, but I think it's much more complex than that. I, I think it it swirls and it hits corners and it retracts and it comes back and we're kind con- like just continue continually just entering swirl of life. So just as much as when these bad times, these negative times, these dark times are upon us we try at least i try to remember when i felt joyous when i felt alive when i felt free remembering that i can still reach that because i've been there before that is a possibility for me in my life so even though now the most important moment you know the future and past don't necessarily exist the only moment we have here is now but still acknowledging when i once did feel that way Give me hope for the future. And to balance that out, I guess in a kind of yin and yang kind of way, sometimes when I feel the way I feel now, I remember that I don't always feel this way. And I'm not going to always feel this way. And that's not, it took me a while to to separate and draw the line between me admitting that to myself or understanding that and recognizing that that's not necessarily negativity. Because if we say to ourselves, like if, if, if in this great week I'm having, I say, oh my God, things are looking up and they're looking up and they're looking up and 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 it, it, this is great and I'm, I'm moving forward. And it all is, it's all valid. That's all okay. But then if, let's say next week comes around, maybe knock on wood, that you know, I, I some I, I could just have a very anxious week or I feel that you know, work I didn't make the right amount of money I needed to make, or my body itself just wasn't feeling up to up up to anything. That's a possibility that I have to recognize because when it happens, I don't want to think, oh God, I'm going I'm retreating backwards. It's a form of self care, of mental self care to recognize that there can and likely will be, because that's just the human experience, a time in which we will feel sad again, in which we will feel loss or grief or or fear or what have you. These will all come. So when they do, we know that, and at least I know, Hey, this is a part of life. This is a part of the human experience so that I do not have to fear it when it comes. When that hard time comes, I go, "Oh, I'm just in this part of the weird roller coaster that is that has corners and loops and backtracks and then drops down and then shoots you out of a cannon and then you land in a cloud of marshmallows." Like It's all of those beautiful, complex things. And I think if we are going to do ourselves the service of trying to be optimistic when we are in a dark time and saying, oh, times aren't always like this, we have to also be honest with ourselves and saying, okay, I'm feeling good now. Maybe I won't later. And I have to ready my soul and my mental for that. Because it's going to happen, and especially if you are a human that is paying attention, I want to almost finish as or continue on with that statement. Paying attention to what? Literally, just paying attention because it everything is so blatantly out there. That's like it would be fascinating to me if somebody's like, "What? Some people storm the Capitol? Like, dude, wake up! Like, how do you not walk outside and just like it, it's the information is in front of us." So, honestly, to be at a certain level of ignorance is completely voluntary. And that's a huge pet peeve of mine that I won't even get to right now. But what I'm really trying to say is that we have to recognize the bad as much as the good, or maybe not so much judgmental words as the negative as much as the positive. I think that once we start understanding that those two things can coexist and they're not, they don't need. And that's why I don't, I don't like, I try not to use the words good and bad because they can, they're very judgmental words. But with these moods that are considered more enjoyable, like being positive, having high energy or whatever, we love those moments and then we fear when they don't happen. So then that starts to create, and this happened in my, in my life for a while, started to create a, oh my goodness, I'm really excited. Okay, that's great. I woke up, I woke up positive today, I woke up ready and willing and things and tasks are working out the way that they're supposed to, whatever that means. And I'm being productive or whatever. This is all quote unquote good. And then if I wake up the next day or whatever, next week or just whatever, and didn't have that same stamina, didn't have that same going forth and, and strive and such, I'm thinking that Oh, God, what's happening? Can I handle this? Of course I can handle it. And understanding the balance between how they coexist and, again, how they ebb and flow is really important to readily prepare our souls for when those moments happen so we don't think that it's the end of the world and we don't cause fear. And a lot of times fear comes from uncertainty. And this is a topic I spoke about during the last episode is uncertainty. And that, and for me, uncertainty is fear-riddling. Sometimes, more often than not, human beings will contemplate and fear on the what-ifs of a situation negatively. You know, I I don't know what the outcome of this situation is going to be, or I don't know what my partner is feeling, or I don't know what my manager thinks of me, or whatever. I, I am uncertain about all of those things. So then they start to think, well, what if it's the bad thing? Or what if this happens? Or, oh my goodness, what if that happens? And then start to go down this hole. What if that, oh God, oh God. And then that becomes a reality because it is, we're feeding it into your current reality that that's happening, that that's what's going on. And then imagine somebody just turned the corner, and walked up to you and said, okay, but what if the good thing happens? What if that better thing happens? What if that more opportunistic Happens. Wouldn't that be great? So, kind of that saying that I've heard a lot of, well, what if I fall? Oh, but darling, what if you fly? And I don't know if that's how it actually goes, like verbatim. I have the tendency to butcher things when I try to pass it on to somebody else. So, yeah, I think that's a form, you know, that readiness that can prevent that dark time. So that's kind of a a thing that I had to, and I'm I'm working on understanding that like, hey, I'm feeling good right now. Recognize that like, hey, maybe next week shit's going to be shitty. (laughs) So if it does, or maybe it's not next week, but what it does later, don't fear that. That's okay. That those moments exist and hold a very credible and valuable space in our lives just as much as the positive ones do. And once we start treating them equally and accepting them both equally with a humble spirit, that roller coaster of ebbing and flowing becomes a lot more fun. And then you find yourself sticking your hands in the air and yelling woo-hoo at the top of your lungs. And I helped, I've realized that that help has helped alleviate a lot of my anxiety when I'm able to look into myself and say, okay, I'm feeling depressed today. That's okay. Or I'm feeling anxious. Sometimes, and sometimes I've talked to my anxiety in my head like, hey, hey girl, you are there today why is that is it just am i avoiding a task did i procrastinate too much am i unsure about something and have that conversation with yourself so that you can find out why it is and then sometimes i don't have an answer like okay i just feel off today and it could be something that maybe maybe i haven't been eating well or i ate really late last night and i feel crappy you know today or not the best weather outside it's overcast and gloomy and that's changing my moods and recognizing that and being honest instead of pushing, oh, pushing it away, become, becoming resistant to those emotions. The first instance, or instances, I should say, when I started to take into account trying to accept emotions and experiences within my mind, body, and soul that I had previously put in in the bad box, and one of those was being just an emotional human being. Maybe I'm feeling sad, or I see a movie and I and I cry, or I'm thinking about a sad like an upsetting situation, and recognizing that those emotions are coming to fruition and that they are there and are valued to hold the same space just as much as the ones that we have typically been advocates for, the happier feelings. Joy, love, compassion, gratitude. Okay, well, I'm feeling sad today. Let yourself feel these things. I used to be apologetic for feeling, for being emotional, oh, for being passionate. Imagine, for people that know me, being apologetic for being passionate, for feeling, for diving into the human experience with everything that comes off as strange to people because we're almost like trained conditioned is a better word to become cold thoughtless emotionless robots that are here to become a pawn in society and and we do not have space to be free feelers to be free thinkers There was this quote that I read. It was over Twitter, and it changed a lot for me and my perspective. So, I can't find it. (laughs) I usually screenshot things that I want to, you know, remember. I don't just leave them in my likes and then hope that I will find them later, because nine times out of ten, I won't, or I just refuse to scroll that far into it. But, I guess as like a, a little bit of a trigger warning, it does involve um, a phrasing of suicide. So just know that. So the, the tweet read something along the lines of, I realized that I did not want to kill myself. I simply wanted to kill the life that I had. Some, it's definitely not the right wording. Um, the correct wording, but the message is there. Hopefully that shows through. It really resonated with me because when I was in therapy, and I only was in therapy, I say in past tense, because I was going to counseling through the University of Florida, through paying that tuition and having it be included in my tuition. And after I graduated, because of finances, I haven't found um, a therapist or gone to go and see one, so that's the only reason why that's past tense. Um, otherwise, I would definitely continue to go see one. Uh, I, I'm just a big advocate for that, um, even if I people don't have that major that major stress issue. They're ma- they're on major burnout, or they are severely severely depressed or anxious. So when I went, one counselor I saw, he told me after he asked me a couple of questions that he seemed to notice that I had, I still had a very vibrant perspective on life and a desire to live that was very true and is very true. I very much did not, I would definitely have suicidal thoughts, but I never wanted to go through with it. I had the understanding that there was a kind of life that I wanted. You know, there was a desire for the essence and the joyfulness that I knew existed because I saw it in many people. And at times I saw it in myself. It just never lasted. And when it didn't last, I felt like there was something wrong with me and whatever. It's a different story. But as, especially this past year, 2020 occurred and so many things happened that put me at such a rock bottom. The difference between this year and every other year is that I decided to fight back. I decided to shift what I felt were expectations of my life and what it needed to be and the order in which I needed to do things. And this kind of goes back to the first episode where I was saying that you can live the life however you would like at whatever time you'd like it to be. And and this expectation that comes from overall society as well as individuals' homes with their parents or, what, or uh, other guardians, that things have to be this certain way in this certain time frame and... You know, you have to log into that career and you have to do it this way. And because this is just the way things are. And anybody that knows me knows I cannot stand that as an excuse of reason. I cannot stand the phrase. Well, that's just how things are. And there's a way to say there's just how things that's just how things are when recognizing that and using it as a reason to maybe change or not accept it like this is how things are unfortunately but how about we change them into what they could be that is something I can understand but to use that's just how things are as just like you're just gonna have to deal with it like no wonder I was depressed because my the life that I see myself having and I'm working towards is not what is traditionally the, the the way that people handled their lives. It simply was just not what I wanted to do. And I recognized that form of quote unquote rebellion in myself at a young age, but I still felt the need to please parents and family members and or professors or what I thought I wanted. So I started to realize subconsciously that with changing these expectations and changing just this life that I had before and the way that I was living it, which is pretty, pretty much what the biggest change was that I was just going to do things my way. Whatever that meant, if it did not fuel me, if it did not provide me with a sense of desire and passion and drive, I wasn't going to do it. Or if it didn't appeal to me, because maybe I because there there is a sense of selfishness that we have to have in our lives by putting ourselves first. I think that that is innately important. And some people find that to be self-centered or selfish in a negative way. But I know, it's your life. It is your life. And we can romanticize that idea in songs and we can say it all we want, but do we really live our lives like it's our lives, do you really do that? Or do you live for somebody else? And if you live for somebody else, maybe, or or make these choices for somebody else, maybe it's because you have a partner. And that's important because you've made a commitment to somebody else that they are are becoming a, a part of your life. Or if you have children, like those things are obvious exceptions. But I'm speaking for myself as a single woman living on her own. I don't owe anybody anything. So I was making those changes, and then when I when I read that that tweet, that quote, I did not want to. Let me say, end my life. I sound a little less sounds a little less intense because it also feels really intense to say. I simply wanted to end the life that was happening to start a new one. And I, when I read that also, I thought, what does a phoenix do? And it dies, it it gets set on fire and it's reborn in its own ashes. At any moment, we can make that choice to do that. We can rid ourselves of of whatever boundaries, whatever weights, whatever limitations and just do that and then live freely as human beings we're meant to do that I believe that we were meant to do. There's that age old question of what is the purpose of life? And I think that there are many, there, there are many. I think each individual has a different one. And I think they all go under the umbrella of things like some people believe that, you know, the purpose in life is to, I guess, in a, Scientific sense is to reproduce. I think otherwise, especially because this planet is so overly populated, that I don't think that that's our point here. That's one of the things we can do, but I don't think that that's our point here. I think our intent on our existence here is to not just exist, but to live, but to experience, to interact, to love, to cry, to laugh to make the choices to do something or not to do something, to be self-aware and, and flow through life, not just existing, not just going through the motions. Say like, I got out of high school and I went to college for four years and then I got a career and then I met a, well, traditionally I will say a man or a woman of opposite sex and then I married them and then we had children. And then we, and then people wonder, some people wonder, some people it works out for them, and God bless you, but some people wonder why they hate themselves, why they hate their lives, why they hate their wives, why they hate their husbands, why their kids irritate them, why they drag their knuckles on the floor to go to a job that they can't stand. And for some people this works and for some people the nine to five or even longer hours every day that works because they're driven by let's say money and that is the most conventional way to get it I for one am not an individual of accepting of that experience it does not it does not fit it never has and I've always questioned it it, it just did not work and once you realize that something doesn't work for you in that sense, screw anybody else that thinks that you're going to fail if you don't do it by the book. Or as a woman that, like, well, don't you want to have a family? You're only getting older. Fuck that. And I, and this is coming from a person that from a very young age, I was, I always said, I was meant to be a mother. I wanted to have kids and a family. And in some instances, yes, I still do. But I don't feel the pressure and the need to do that now, which a couple years ago, like literally like a cut, like two years ago probably, I found myself looking at a timeline and saying, well, I want to have kids by this time because I don't want to be too old when I have them. I also would like to have X amount of time before I even get engaged. And then I would like to be engaged for X amount of time after that. And then we would have to get married. And then I'd like to stay married, just, you know, them and I for this amount of time. And then just putting such a time limit to all of these things and all of that wrapped around to make me realize, oh, I need to meet somebody in a year and a half and be in a committed relationship. In about a year and a half. And that was about two years ago. So if I stuck to that, I would already be behind and I would already be thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to end up alone. Oh my God, I'm never going to have a family. Oh my God, I'm never going to this. No, I let that go. That will happen when that is time. And nobody in this world, especially yourself, should tell you how things should be because there's no. There's no, oh, it should be or it shouldn't be like this. We made it all up. Human beings have spent years just making it all this shit up. And then we get pumped out into this world. And then they go, look, this is what we've created. And you have to abide by this. Because if you don't, you're rebellious. You won't be a functioning member of society. Or you're just straight up doing it all wrong. I have seen older adults that have gone the traditional route. And it is not something that I wish upon myself. And when I've questioned those older adults and said, well, why is it like this? You'll just understand when you're older. You'll understand. That's just that's just how men are. You'll understand when you have a husband. Well, then I don't want to have a fucking husband. If that's what I'm going to understand, if that's what I'm going to allow, no, I refuse to think that my life has already been blocked out for me before I have a choice in it. And once you realize you have these choices that you can make, once I realized I had these choices I can make and made those choices with a firm intent to where if somebody argued it, especially somebody in my family, for instance, that was like, oh, but don't you want to? No, I have no desire for that. And then I start speaking in this way. I start giving myself these affirmations in this way. And it's like I'm foreign to the typical. Foreign to the typical. So I urge you, if you are depressed, if you are uh, even just unhappy, if you are unhappy, you have the ability to change. And this is aside from like severe clinical depression. I recognize that there are chemical imbalances in one's brain, and that's not what I'm necessarily speaking on. I just I just know of a lot of people that have a desire to live. They really do, but aren't willing to even recognize how in control They are of their own lives. So rid yourself of your own life. Shed that skin. Start new. And it might take a little while because you do care. Or maybe you are in a close-knit family and you are worried about what they would think of you. I necessarily didn't have that. I didn't have that same experience. My family loves me and I love them, yes. But I always knew that I was different in that sense. And did not care to be similar or to fit in their boxes. And that caused a lot of tension. That caused for especially my father and I's relationship to separate around high school. Because I was clearly becoming a liberal hippie. Which I was like, I just give a shit about people and I really like nature. How the fuck? Did that make me a liberal hippie? And I guess in some senses, I might be considered one, but they're not so, they don't coincide as much as people made me believe. So I urge you all, and this is something I continue to work on every day with myself, to recognize these highs and lows of life, and they will both happen. There will be days where you are on top of the world and the universe is just feels like it's just working for you. And everything is in the right place at the right time. The chips are falling exactly where you desire them to be. And then there will be some weeks or some days or even it's some months where you can't find your footing, where none of it makes sense. The anxiety is through the roof and it seems like there's no end in sight. And just how you went from having the really good week to the really bad week and wondering, how did we get here? Everything was going so well. Understand that that also means that the really good week could turn into the really great week, and it will go back. But recognize that that is going to be our futures. There is going to be those stressors. But if we notice that we are in control of changing those things, according to what cards we are dealt with, we have a bigger say in our lives than we have been told we have. We have the right to our own spiritual freedoms and emotional and mental freedoms and physical freedoms and sexual freedoms and financial freedoms than we have been brought up to believe. So don't fear life and the uncertainty of it all. The uncertainty can be the most beautiful part because the possibilities become endless. I don't know what's gonna happen. That's great, anything can happen then. And don't fall short of thinking that those miracles can happen. And I have felt that way with just this this past week and these past few days. That that change in that mindset, that that shift in my response, that shift in, in my reaction, has caused me from falling into a darker hole than I have before. Have I do I still fall into dark holes? Absolutely, but I recognize that if I turn around, there's a little ladder there, or at least I have the tools to make one, and we all do. So it is not. It it will never be the end until it's the end. And even then, is it really the end? Wow, that was some Dr. Seuss poetry right there. It made sense to me, but I don't know if it's going to make sense. I'm leaving it, though. (laughs) It's not the end until the end. And if it is the end, then is it really the end? Green eggs and ham, Sam, I am. So look, go unapologetically throughout life, throughout your days. Take those chances that feel right. Listen to your gut. Your gut instinct will tell you what is wrong and where not to go just as much as it will tell you where to go. And as long as that decision doesn't directly harm people, go for it. But keep yourself first in mind. It is your life. It is okay to be selfish. It is okay to be self-centered. It's your reality. Work that shit. I hope that everybody has a blessed, blessed Friday, a blessed weekend, a blessed week. And if it's a tough fun for you, Cookie, I promise you it won't stay that way. I promise you it won't. This life is 100% worth living. With all its ugliness, there is three times as much joy and wonder and beauty. And again, if I can say this, I know you can too. I know you can see this too. Life is worth living. Don't just exist. Live Take the chances, learn that trade, go on that date, kiss that person with consent. (laughs) And I promise you, everything will be beautiful. Everything is beautiful. Even when it's chaotic, it's beautiful. What an odd complexity. Yeah, listen, I love you all. Thank you for listening. Your support means the world. I think this is the part in other podcasts I've heard where I'm like, hey, if you see a subscribe button, go on and hit that. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dog, all all of those other things. I'm going to get used to promoting myself a little more. That's a skill I'm still learning. But for now, I'm just going to pump these out into the universe and I will see you all on the other side.